This is a Modern Man Podcast, and I'm your host, J.D. Farrell. Welcome back. We are presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. I apologize for the hiatus, my absence. I know this is the longest break we've had since the inception of a Modern Man Podcast. And that is me. That is life. Grad school has been kicking my ass. Uh, enjoying the summertime here. Finally not working my ass off this summer. Was really enjoying it. And, you know, just wasn't putting the energy where I needed. I didn't want to half-ass it for you. So, but I'm back now. Um, little mini life update before we get right into it. Uh, to graduate, we need like 750 hours of this internship. It's a lot like... 24 hours a week like a unpaid part-time job uh i think i'm about like 350 there and then you need about 250 or 280 direct like clinical hours with a client and i think i'm a little over 150 so almost there almost finishing it up so as soon as i graduated in about three and a half four months i saw i looked like the semester ends like april 28th or something i'm like yeah Boom, that could not be here any faster. It's already January. Let's get this shit over with. And update on that, I was really, you know, trying to get, you remember, in the field, really trying to get a master's and get this understanding and get working to try and kind of plateau for, you know, political work, whether it's working for a campaign or doing some type of government work. And obviously... A lot has changed in the last three or so years. Don't know if that's the direction I'm going, but really, honestly, enjoy the counseling process and working with clients and being able to, you know, simply work with them on their goals and sitting with them on the day-to-day. I, I didn't know I was going to enjoy it, but it's just talking to people and it's really understanding, listening to them and getting so much better at being that active listener, like restating what they're saying and just kind of letting the client guide themselves. So very much enjoying the therapeutic process. Wanted to update on that. Uh, Really having some good nourishing friendships, like having some good time, having some friends giftings at a vision board party, uh, going to different friends, little housewarmings. And I remember at the beginning also, Chicago was like short term, not a long time. That's why I chose to move to Chicago. Uh, That was the whole plan was get in here, enjoy the few years and be out. But in saying that, really think like 99.9 out of 10 uh, chances of me staying long term, like really building a life, building my career in Chicago, my base before I know what's going to be like my second location to kind of be by coastal or by continental, whatever happens next. But like Go down, plan A, really settle down, grow, develop in Chicago, uh, go to my friends, whatever family that means, you know, career, and move on from there. All right, jumping right into it. You know, usually we're doing something real deep. We have a guest on, you know what I mean? We tech segment with Stephen Merriweather, all the things, you know. But this week, I've just, you know, I text all these friends, I got all these homies that I'm just like blowing up about all these trades in my head. And then my friend's like, you have a podcast. You have a, why don't you go put it on there? So I know most of you don't come here, 
to hear me talk about sports, but that is exactly what I'm going to do. So this podcast is going to be a little NBA trade machine podcast, kind of inspired by one of my favorites, Bill Simmons. If you don't know, he does a lot of trade machines. It's always working. That's me. My brain's always working like a thousand miles a minute with all these fucking NBA trades. So yes, if you just wanted a life update, this is a part of the podcast. We'll just stop. Tune in to, you know, next week. We'll be coming back on Fridays. Tune in next week for something a little more educational, I say informative. Uh, but this is very informative. This is going to be JD's NBA Trade Machine Pod. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Right. And first, I split up all 30 NBA teams into kind of four categories. All right. I got teams that uh, already made a move so we just kind of I think we should just really play them out because they can't really do much Uh, I got teams that kind of need to make a move but are kind of strapped and don't have much to send Uh, I got a list of teams that maybe the biggest list make a move it's just like you got to make a move you got to do something you know what I mean you got to do something and then I got teams in this other that's like no man's land. It's like we can kind of see it out. What what do you, you can make a move, but what are you doing? And so yeah, let's go through those first. First, I'm naming you teams that made a move, really can't do anything, but we're really just seeing them out. All right, teams that made a move. Celtics, you know, they traded for Chris Stapps. They got Drew Holiday. You know, we just really need to see what that's going to be. You can you can try and do something and give up even more than you've already, but let's just see what that's, they're, they're what, number one in the East, maybe number one in the NBA right now. Then you got the Bucks. Bucks have been one of the top teams in the last couple of leagues, traded for Damian Lillard, more offense, less defense, and we're seeing that as they are, you know, scoring, I think, like 125, just outrageous, but no defense. They don't really have anything else to give. So, again, made a move. We just got to see it out. We got the Nuggets. Just won an NBA championship. Got a couple extra first-round picks. You know, uh, let go of Bruce Brown. And so, they're doing pretty good. They just kind of got to get healthy, get to the playoffs. They don't need to do anything. Timberwolves. Another team. We're seeing the Rudy Gobert, uh, Carl Anthony Towns come to fruition, that whole uh, duo and Anthony Edwards is showing you that he is him. He's the next. So again, you just got to see it out. You don't really have many picks from what you gave up for now. You know, you could use some extra point guard depth, but you just got to see it out. You just got to see it out. Another team, Clippers. They did my boy Russ dirty by getting Harden on the team, but they're looking good. Like when they're balling, they are balling. They want, I think, like nine out of ten going on right now or some shit like that like clippers are not who they thought we are they balling but can play off time again they just we just got to see you know they we can use another big of course over there but they got tice you know well so again you just got to see they don't got much they can do and the last one on the teams that made a move and we just got to kind of see it out the suns suns went all fucking in all right first they traded for kevin durant giving up two potential all-stars and, like, five picks. And then they went and doubled down with Bill. So, again, 
They have nothing. We just got to see. We just got to see what they can do. So we got Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Clippers, and Suns. That's six of our 30 right there. All right, we got 24 left. All right. And the teams that I got kind of strapped, first Mavericks. We got three teams on this list. Mavericks. We know they got Kyrie. We know they don't really have many picks. Um, They like uh, the big man. Was it Lively? Uh, they fucked up trading for Grant Williams. So I guess they can kind of offload Williams, but with what? Like, you know, they still got uh, Hardaway over there. It's just like, you know, they're kind of, they're this, they are who they are. They just got to, they can either try and, you know, do Kyrie with the whole Lakers thing and blow it all up. But that's not what teams that are contending do. They aren't trying to blow it up and reset. So we got the Mavericks. Next team is the Lakers. Again, they went out, made all these moves. Yeah, they can move Russell's, Rui's contract, uh, a late 27th round pick. Uh, like, do people really want Vanderbilt that bad unless you're on a contending team? And what is a contender giving them for Vanderbilt? You know, Vanderbilt's a guy you get from a team like Utah, who I think they did get from Utah. Um, but, yeah, Lakers are kind of strapped. Uh, another one is the Heat. Yes, Heat got Jaime Jaquez, who's potential six-man of the year. They got a little mini Jokic over there. I think Lowry's expiring. They got some first. But are they giving up their whole team? Again, that's what we mean by strapped. Like, do you got good picks? Do you have a potential good young player right now you're willing to give up? If they give up Jaime Jaquez Jr. for someone else, like he's he's after Bam, he, and then they're their number three. I guess they got Hero. So maybe – Miami's not in the right position for this, but I feel like Miami's strapped in, like, the whole heat culture. Who's going to fit in there? Like, what? There are some potential fits, but to me, I feel like the heat are strapped until they're not. They always make these crazy moves. I can never think of what they're going to do. As I'm saying it now, now I see definitely a potential spot for Mitchell. But we're going to leave it at that. Those are right now the seven teams. I did have another team on this list I'll reveal later, but I kind of moved them down just for some things, some whispers heard. All right. Now we're going to move on to no man's land because no man's lands are teams that, you know, they're just kind of just playing through the season, seeing it out. They do have some potential trade pieces, plenty of people people might want, but it's like are how much are they willing to get rid of them? It's kind of like me and all these fantasy trades. When people are asking me, I'm like, yeah, this might help you, but, like, I'm sitting good. You know what I mean? And I'm improved. Like, why do I want to help you when I'm saying good? Maybe I like that player. Maybe I don't need to get him off the roster kind of thing. And so these are those teams. All right, starting with Pacers. Like the Pacers, they're, like, number one scoring team in the league right now. They could make a big move. They have potential guys that someone may want. I believe uh, Jalen Smith. The big man, his thing is coming up expiring and before you have to extend him. Maybe someone wants Miles Turner. You know what I mean? But, like, they're doing good. They're helping these players improve. They have, like, eight players averaging 10 points a game. It's kind of like they don't have to give you any of these. Uh, Hornets. Hornets, no man's land. Their best player, LaMelo Ball, is hurt. 
They're just seeing what Brandon Miller. They could give you Gordon Hayward on the expiring. They could PJ Washington. They could Miles Bridges. But like, do they really? I I of course think they should. But it's more like, eh, they're just like we don't we don't care that much. Another one, Magic. Just seeing it out. Got a lot of good young players. Could go all in. Just see it out. You know they're like the Thunder last year. Wizards definitely no man's land. You know what I mean? If they make a move, what are they really doing? Like, yeah, they they need to make a move that's actually going to help them, get them a plethora of pick. You know, they, they want someone who's really going to help them make a move. They don't want to give you Kyle Kuzma just to give you Kyle Kuzma. Their fans like Kyle Kuzma. Trailblazers. You know, they're trying to figure out this core. They have so many young players. Aiton's been bad. Uh, Shaden Sharp's been great. Scoot's finally been coming on. You know, but it's like they're not going to give you Anthony Simons for nothing. They still need him to be a starting point guard till like, scoots the new Lillard. Like, no man's land. Jazz, get no man's land. I keep trying to offload, what's his name, uh, who just got traded there from Atlanta, John Collins' contract. Then, But, you know, John Collins makes, like, $30 million a year. So he makes the most on the Utah Jazz right now. Doesn't even start. Kessler and Laurie Marketing are the starters. But, like, again – He's still, you know, third big man, probably sixth man next, I guess, him and Sexton for the team. You know what I mean? He He's probably happy in Utah. They don't want to just give you him for nothing because he also fills up the salary cap. Rockets. Rockets have been impressive. Rockets have out uh, kicked their coverage right now. I believe they're still, like, in the playoff run. So... They're not trying to go all in just because Jalen Green hasn't developed yet. And if they start to slip up, what do you think they're going to, you know, offload some of their guys right now? No. Like, just seeing where it is, seeing what happens. If something they like and intrigues them, blow them out of the water. Yeah, of course they'll do it. Like all these teams, I'm saying. Same thing, Grizzlies had the bad run, like 4-19 or something. But they're all they're going to make it until maybe the very last moment and still – Unless they just see a couple guys that aren't in their long-term plan, now that Jaw's back and working, they might give you them if it, again, benefits them. But if they think they can make the play in, why would they do that? Especially if you're in the West. Spurs. Oh, I, I don't have anything to say besides I saw Victor and Giannis go at it yesterday, and that was impressive. But I think they're like 5-30, and 30, so that's... Okay, uh, Pelicans, the last team on this list, is I are they going to be healthy? And it's not I, in my head. I was thinking C.J. McCollum, but because uh, he's older. But I'm like, no, it's Zion. They just need to get in the playoffs. See what Zion can do in the playoffs. You realize we have not seen this man in the playoffs yet. It is so sad. I made a joke to my friend the other day. To say, uh, it was like a year or so ago. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if RJ made the finals before Zion and Ja? It was because when the Knicks was making that little run, they won the first round. And it's kind of funny because it's like Zion is was just so great from the beginning. He's only gotten worse since his rookie year. Like, what the fuck? Who gets worse? <laughs> but it's wild. But, yeah, those are all the lists and no man's land teams that I think they're perfectly comfortable just kind of seeing it out, seeing what happens. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me add a team. 
I'm so sorry. The team that was and the team that strapped, I moved into no man's land because I thought I know this team has a lot more to give. All right. And that's the Kings. The Kings aren't strapped. Kings have picks. They don't have like they have just one pick. I believe they owe to Atlanta for Kevin Herter. But other than that, they have all their picks. They have Harrison Barnes on a good contract. They have Kevin Herter, who they've been benching lately. Okay, they got Davion Mitchell, who's a good defensive guard. Um, and then they, of course, got Keegan Murray, who they don't want to give. But, like I said, with a lot of these teams on no man's land, if you are, if you blow them away, if you give them something like, uh, again, a name will be mentioned, but I've heard some things like Levine uh, mentioned with them. And if they only have to give you, like, Herter, throw in a pick, and then maybe even give you Davion Mitchell, okay? So then that gives them the ability to, like, get rid of Caruso for a few picks. Um, so if you only had to give away Davion and Herter in a first for Levine, and that upgrades your offense so much, and then maybe you throw in a multiple picks and then kind of get Caruso back or something like that. Or go trade for TJ McCollum, like go over to where you replace the Davion Mitchell with someone even better. I think that would be a huge move for them. But they also could just see it out. They got the continuity. They got Keegan Murray getting better. You know, they got Trey. They got all these guys improving and having continuity. So they're in no man's land. That's 11 team in no man's land. All right. Six over there, 17 and three. So we're at 20. So that means 10 of the NBA teams I have left. I got need to make a move. All right. And we're going to start with that list. Uh, I should have put these in order and like more exciting, but we're just go down, going to go down the list. So the I Nets. Okay. I have three potential guys I see going to the Nets. So I'll talk about the guys and then potential traits I like. I like Sexton, Colin Sexton. They need a fucking point guard, okay? A couple teams do, but they like now. I remember everyone saying we have this era of plethora of, of guards and point guard. No, it's a plethora of guards. It's not point guards. Like ten years ago, we had too many point guards when the Rondo era. We have too many just guards and wings. But Colin Sexton, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell. They have a little like I like their little group they got going. They need some type of actual direction. So, here's what I got going for the Nets. All right. I think you get Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith Jr., Royce O'Neal, and three of those first-rounders you know they got from the Nets in Philly or so for Donovan Mitchell. If you look at this for their side, you know, you pair Donovan Mitchell, uh, possibly Cam Thomas with – uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Nick Claxton. So my big three right now is Donovan Mitchell, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and then Claxton, a good defensive anchor. I don't mind that. You know what I mean? You can slide in, get a defensive two guard, get a defensive point guard. You can easily make that work in the future. You know what I mean? And then for Cleveland, in, if Mitchell's going to leave, you have you've recuperated three first-rounders back. All right, you have two defensive three-point shooting wings right now with Dory Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. And you have a guard off the bench right now. So you give the team uh, to Darius Garland, who's supposed to be, all right? 
You still have Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley. And then your two wings, you got Dorian Finnis-Smith, Royce O'Neal right there. So you got defense, right, and this great defensive lineup. You're not getting a lot of playmaking and ball handling, but that's why you got Dinwiddie immediately coming off the bench. They still have Isaac Okoro, and you got three first-round picks. You can all re-sign those guys, and that's a roster you can actually build around. I think both that works both ways. All right. And then if you think about for Zach Levine, I think kind of same trade-ish minus – uh, Dinwiddie minus a couple first-rounders. Because with Levine, you're getting all this money, all this baggage, all this injury history. So I'm just taking Levine, Royce O'Neal, Finney Smith Jr., and a first-round pick. You get Zach Levine, pair him next to Mikael Bridges. You can throw uh, Dinwiddie at still starting point guard, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and um, Nick Coxon. I like that big three. One thing I have been hearing is that people said you don't want Zach Levine to go anywhere where he thinks he's the best player. And he still might think he's the best player with Mikael Bridges there. But overall, if my big three is Levine, Mikael Bridges, and Camp Johnson, I like that. Again, I like that. And for the Bulls, you get to say, yeah, we got a first-round pick. We have two wings right now because Patrick Williams went, eh. So, again, you get – Kobe White, you get DeMar DeRozan, you get a defensive Dory Finnis-Smith, Royce O'Neal with Vucevic. You know what I mean? It's something you can sell for getting rid of Levine. You get two kind of capable starters and a first. All right. And then if you look at what else moves we got? We got Levine, Mitchell, and then Sexton. With the Jazz, I really just think, you know, Sexton for a first-round pick. Maybe Cam Thomas. Yeah, I would say Cam Thomas, Sexton, and a first-round pick for Sexton. Because they're really just trying to get rid of Sexton. They got Keontae George over there to clear him out. Cam Thomas gets you a young, cheap scoring guard. And you get another first-round pick. And then for the Nets, you still have your picks that for the future. You still... Uh, now you get a point guard, a real legitimate point guard to pair next to Cam Dinwiddie, uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam. And then you can go forward from there. Try and find a two guard in the future. You still have enough ammo to go after Mitchell. And personally, I think that Suns pick they got from him is going to be very valuable. I don't think the Suns are going to make the playoffs. So that's going to be a lottery pick. So that that's where I stand on that. And I didn't add this in the beginning, but I forgot I did work out a trade. I think DeJounte Murray would be a good fit for them as well. Again, like we just said, pair DeJounte Murray. So now my big three is Murray, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. You see where I keep going with this? It's just it's, you need someone to elevate that big three. If Mikael Bridges is 1A, 1B, that's significantly different than him being the sole number one and now Cam's a number two. two. If Cam's a number three, I'm happy. You know what I mean? But Cam being number two and Mikhail being just solely one, he can be 1B. He can be 1A. But DeJounte Murray, same thing. Give them Cam Thomas. Give them some scoring off the bench. 
Finney Smith, give him Dinwiddie, and two first-rounders. I told you how a third star, again, of pairing the Nets. I don't got to tell you again. But then we got, for Atlanta, you got Cam Thomas, Dinwiddie off the bench because they got, they'll go Trey Young, Bojan Bogdanovic. You get Finney Smith right there. Then they have a guy from, oh, man, I can't think of his name. Now, tall, like 6'9 guy, but he's way overpaid. And then you have Clint Capella. And then you still have a few first-rounders you can salvage from the trade you got from Murray. I think that's a good trade for them because, obviously, what's happening in Atlanta is just not working. All right, that, that's all I got for the Nets. That's all I got for the Nets. All right, we don't have to spend too much time on it. Now let's go to the Knicks. I, said, I know that this was obviously – I probably should have put them in no man's land rather than make a move. Um, but – because they just made the OG move. So, personally, let me add them to No Man's Land, but I still have a couple little fake trades for them. But No Man's Land uh, for them mainly because they trade, made it the OG trade. So, it's kind of like, let's see how Jalen Brunson, OG, Julius Randle fit together. Because if OG and Julius don't fit, then that's, boom, clear signs. Let's get Julius out of here. Let's find a better big man, yada, yada. If OG and Jalen don't fix together, but maybe OG and Julius are great, maybe it's like, all right, maybe Little Guard isn't the way to go. Trade Jalen Brunson to a team where he's the number two. There's there's plenty of things that can work right this. I know you don't want to trade Jalen Brunson, but if you see in the playoffs that OG and Julius are great, which is unlikely, then you do what you got to do. But I have pretty much – same trades for Mitchell and Murray. I think if you want to elevate Jalen Brunson, if you want to make Jalen Brunson your number one, you need a defensive, a bigger guard next to him. Or just another, you know, a, just another guard next to him that's athletic and going to hold his own. And, okay, now I know why I have the Knicks in the make a move. Because when they pay OG – they have Julius paid. They have Brunson paid. It's going to be hard to get another star over there just with contracts uh, and just even trading because all your contracts are going to be big and people you want. But they have like a Fournier, $20 million expired. So they need to get off that. They need to give that to somebody who wants that off their books. So both of these trades round surround Fournier, Hart, and three of their first rounders. So it's a team who gets money off their books you get a guy, Josh Hart, who can kind of replace the guy you're giving, plus the first-rounders. So I think Donovan Mitchell, all right? So they get Josh Hart over in Cleveland and three first-rounders and expiring so they can go get someone else. So Josh Hart slides right there next to Darius Garland. You know, he gives the ball all to Darius Garland. You lose some offense, but you're leaning more mobily on offense. You need him to break out. And you also, you know, you got the three first round picks to retri- uh, replace that. Uh, I I think the Knicks can throw in another wing player and stuff, but I don't think the Cavs need that. So that's the trade. And I think that same trade, Fournier, Hart, three first rounders for Murray. And I think also Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey is a potential free agent. I don't think he's going to resign with Atlanta. And it makes the trade a little bit better. 
maybe they uh, send in DiVincenzo or sorry, Dante DiVincenzo. I can't say his name right now as well to get Bay back. And then you at least keep, you know, those two Villanova boys together. And yes, it makes uh, maybe Jalen Brunson not too happy that he just lost both his teammates. But you get Murray and Sadiq Bay, a great three-point shooting wing guy to back up OG whenever OG's hurt. And, I, yeah, I just think it's such a great fit. And then you can even do the Murray, Sadiq Bay, OG combo sometimes. I just think it works out. But that's what I got going for the Knicks. Besides that, I don't think the Knicks should make a move. Next team on this list is the 76ers. Okay. Waiting till the offseason to have two cap spots available. I just, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. That is stupid. Because the chances, I think, of you signing two guys right now, I don't think there's two big ticket-free agents even available this offseason that would want to come to Philly. So I think Philly, they got to make a move. The three guys I have for Philly are two I already mentioned. And then I really think Grant works well with this team. So if you think of first Mitchell, give them Donovan Mitchell. All right, you trade Tobias Harris, Batoon, DeAnthony Melton and three first rounders for Donovan Mitchell and maybe Everett or yeah, Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro. You get another little defensive swing guard, offensive guard. I don't know why I said defense. Most neither of them really bring in much defense. So Philly, yeah, you got rid of Tobias Harris, but it's kind of like you feel like you can always find you know a big three and d wing and you still will have uh Cummington on the roster but you get back Mitchell to pair next to Tyrese Maxey and Embiid so you just get two freakishly good uh and fast and athletic guards pairing with the best big man right now we have best true just big man and then you can piece together some wings because at the end of the day, all your defense is going to be like, just guard the three and lead them to Embiid. Embiid's going to stop them at the rim. So just play good perimeter defense and lead them to Embiid. I think that works out. Um, another trade, like we said, the other one was for Murray. I think you get the expiring Marcus Morris. You get a good wing who can kind of give Trey Young to play off the ball. So you got Morris, Batoon, uh, three more first-rounders for Murray, and, again, an expiring Sadiq Bey. So you get, you know, Marcus Morris, a little veteran to come in the locker room. He's expiring. You'll see if you want to uh, extend him. Batoon, yes, is expiring, but I do like him. So then Trey Young can play a little off the ball more because we know he is a ball-handling wing. And then you get the three first-rounders you replace. Like, yes, you're not going to go um, tick for tack and be able to just replace Murray with an all-star caliber guy. You get first-round picks back, and you get some wings, and you get some cap flexibility. Because you got off of the John Collins trade to get cap flexibility. 
Now you get even more with off the Murray stuff, and then you can maybe go sign someone else. The last trade I got for them is Jeremy Grant. I feel like Jeremy Grant works really well, especially if you're going to keep um, Tobias Harris, but I think he could also replace Tobias Harris. I think if you're going to keep Tobias Harris, uh, you know, you give away three first-rounders or so that you got. You trade Marcus Morris, possibly Batoon back there, or just Covington, and three first-rounders, and you just get Grant. You trade, you know, those two guys. But I think, honestly, if you want to get rid of Tobias Harris, and I think Tobias Harris honestly would fit well in Portland. He can re-sign there, help be a good veteran presence. He shoot play with off the ball with all those guys who have the ball. There's plenty of guards there. And Jeremy Grant is a mini point guard. So personally, I think you give Tobias Harris, Marcus Morris, uh, Covington as well, those three first rounders. And then you get back Grant and Malcolm Brockton. And then possibly Robert Williams, who, yes, is hurt, but you just kind of get his contract. And then when he comes back next year, but you get Tyrese Maxey playing next to Malcolm Brogdon. Then you could still have Kelly Oubre Batoon at that three spot. Then at the four, you'll have Jeremy Grant and then Joel Embiid. Come on now. Tell me, tell me that ain't good. I still personally like the Mitchell, just Mitchell and Maxey with Embiid. I think it's the best combo. But I really like Grant there as well. Really like Grant there. Okay, and those are kind of the three teams, I think, that are going after those specific players, and that's like the move I think they should make. Nets, Knicks, Celtics, 76ers. Kind of all three need that. Murray, Mitchell, guard. Uh, Sixers can just go for a third player. They just need a third star, and I think that could be Grant. All right. The next two teams, or next three teams, sorry, uh, I got, they just need to trade this guy. I just I just think it's time. Starting with the Raptors. Raptors just need to trade Siakam. Just do it. You finally traded OG. You finally did. He didn't go for the three first-round picks we thought he was going to go for, but you did. You finally traded him. And now it's time to trade Siakam. Personally, I don't know where Siakam – he's a basketball player. He'll fit where he fits. Uh, Kendrick Perkins on TV keeps trying to say he fits well with the Sixers. I don't want anyone going to the rim like that with Embiid. Like, not unless he's Maxi's fast. Like, the dude ain't that fast. He's like a Giannis. You don't put Giannis next to Embiid. I just – it's weird. So, Yeah. And for me, I think that I don't know where they go. I think the best fit, personally, and best trade you can maybe make is the Hawks for Siakam. I know I just stated that the Hawks, you can't get an all-star for an all-star. I don't know how it would work. Maybe it's a three-team trade, uh, which I think works out. And... Yeah, I genuinely think. Uh, l- let me try and on the fly here. This is what I think probably 
is the best move for both these teams. I think the Hawks need to trade Murray, and there's not a huge, a whole lot of NBA uh, three-team trades, but I think this is the best trade. Works out for the best people where everybody wins. Okay, the Raptors they get rid of Siakam, you know, boom. Siakam's gone. Uh, and this is what they get back. They get four first-round picks. They get Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, and De'Aaron Sharp. Okay? And the reason that makes sense, they got Jakob Hurd on a big contract. They can maybe move him. De'Aaron Sharp's a young, big man. Covington and Morris are expiring. They can maybe re-sign either one of them to be role players if it fits well with their future. But they just traded for R.J. Barrett. So they have quickly R.J. Barrett, Scotty Barnes as a young core. There's not a lot of young power forwards out there right now, but you get a young center and you get four potential firsts to help improve on that roster. So, yeah, they didn't get all the picks for OG, but they get a young core player and now they have picks. It's not like they want a whole lot, but now they just kind of need to fill power forward spot and then, like, you know, maybe the point guard role and some role players. So I think that works well for them. So Raptors get the picks and a couple role players. Hawks, they get Pascal Siakam. So if you think of this, you, again, we're getting rid of Murray. You get Trey Young, Clint Capella. Pascal Siakam, and then you still got Bajanovic, and um, oh man, I still can't think of that six nine, like freak guy. Oh, he went like fourth, fifth in the draft. I'll look him up in a second. But 76ers get Murray and Bay, who I had them getting previously. They give up maybe three of their first round picks. Hawks give up one, and the but you pair Murray and Bay next to Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid. Are you kidding me? So you get to keep the exact roster you have right now. You everything being one of the best teams in the league, and then you get to add a defensive guard. Oh, they said his defense hasn't been as good, but just an athletic, another athletic guard, and you just give up some future picks. Are you kidding me? And then the same thing with Hawks. You give up a guy who's undersized, not working next to Trey Young, for a 6'9", 6'10", wing, offensive wing, who can also guard multiple positions. I think that works for you. And the Hawks, he's expiring. You're getting four first-round picks. Are you kidding me? Yes, that works. Works for both teams. Works for both teams. All right. And that pretty much concluded, I think, the uh, the three teams, or the two of the three teams, who I said have to trade this guy. Have to trade Murray. Have to trade Siakam. And the third, for all my locals, Chicago, you have to trade Levine. You do. You do. You do. They won, like, what, seven out of ten without him? You just do. You just whatever it takes, just get this man off your roster. Just do it. Do it. And honestly, out of all the trades I named, 
um, like maybe the the Nets trade is okay if the Nets are willing to do that. I I don't know how much the Nets are willing to uh, get Levine. You know, take back all that. Same thing with the Kings. Are they willing to do all that? I think the best trade, mutually beneficial to both teams, and will do it. It's honestly the same thing. Zach Levine to the Lakers. It's he will just be next to Austin Reeves. He won't be running the offense. He'll be the third best player on the team, and not even the initiator because Austin Reeves is second initiator to LeBron. He'd be a third-best offensive player after AD and LeBron, third-best initiator on offense after LeBron and Austin Reeves. And so he will find his role in getting 15 to 20 shots a game in that role. It works. And you get him off your books, You, and then you get back. You get D'Angelo Russell, player option. You get Rui Hachimura, good power forward next to Vucevic. Come on now. You get Max Christie, nice young player, cheap contract, wing, three-point shooter, been a good player. And then you get a first-rounder in, like, 27 for the Lakers. All right? I, I think both teams, it works well, it works great. Both teams are happy. Bulls can move on. And... The Lakers can get some fucking offense because they just need a 20. They need a guaranteed 20-point score on that team because that is what they are missing. All right. The next two teams are teams that just need to make a move. Just need to make a move. Like, mix it up. I know all these teams are in make a move, but this is like mix it up. Like, do something. And that's the Cavs. Cavs first on the winning side. You got to mix it up. Like, it didn't work last year. You lost the the Knicks. Evan Mobley hasn't turned into the offensive guy we needed. And I, I, I love Jared Allen. I do. But, like, what if Mobley can play center? And I, I, it sucks, but then that makes him a little indispensable, uh, Jared Allen. Or a little dispensable, I'm sorry. And he could probably – get better offense personally, like not more than Jared Allen. But now Evan Mobley can be catching those lobs and Evan Mobley could be doing blah, blah, blah. And now we can have someone at the four spot who can actually spread the four and like shoot a little bit. Because if you're not giving us anything on offense, my guy, it's what, you're three in the league? Then I think it's time to move him to center. So they got to mix it up. They got – is Mitchell going to come back? I don't know. Obviously, I didn't say trade Mitchell on there. I said mix it up. I had been wanting them to trade for Gordon Hayward for like two years, and he is on an expiring deal. Go get Gordon Hayward for something, my guy. Like, you, I don't know. Do something. Do something. Miles Bridges. I don't know. You got to mix it up. You have to mix it up. You can't go into playoffs with the same thing. Second team is this is why they're on the mix-it-up list. Because they just tied the 76ers with 28 straight games losing. And the only reason they beat the Raptors is because they just traded OG and uh, Princess Achua to the, what's it called, the Knicks. They lost two of their, best, like, seven best players. 
So you, I just think something about the locker room, about how they play basketball, get a couple of those guys off the roster, bring in a couple other guys who's going to help win some games. Like, you can just be top three and still get best of lottery odds, okay? You don't have to do what the 76ers did and tank every game. Just take a couple games, okay? So whatever that means, getting some of these big men off the roster, maybe you just have to punt on one of your guards. Ivy's of the like. I don't know why Killian Hayes is still getting so much playing time, but yeah. Mix it up, please. I don't want to see 28 straight losses when anyone in the league can just shoot a fucking three-point shot. All right, and the last two teams, coincidentally, one of them's my beloved Oklahoma City Thunder. Both these teams just need size. I think they can both let it ride it out. They just need size. I have five potential guys on here or six that I think are potential uh, tradable guys with size. We got Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons, Marvin Bagley for the Pistons, Okongwu uh, for the, what's it called, Uh, Hawks, Wendell Carter Jr. on the Magic, Daniel Gafford on the Wizards, and Jonathan Isaac on the Magic. So they just need Thunder, and the other team is the Golden State Warriors. Both these teams just need, like, someone 6'8", 6'9", who's thick and can get boards, who can guard big men. Like, watching the Spurs, I mean, watching the Warriors last night, having Wiggins guard uh, Jokic, having, you know what I mean? Like, it's just thunder when we did end up uh, – no, we lost the game. It was against the Hawks in the big fourth quarter. It was just having Kaysen Wallace, Josh Giddy, Shea, Dort on the floor, and then I think Isaiah Joe was the last guy. It's just like, come on now. Like, of course, that's why the team got three offensive rebounds. And I get Mark Dagnall. He's trying to do different things coaching-wise, but come on, man. I don't know. Need size. Need size. Need Isaiah Stewart. Need Jonathan Isaac. You know, Daniel Gafford. All these guys can shoot, too. And I get it. It might mess up the locker room. But just you need big men to play basketball. And I did. I had a pretty good trade for the Warriors. I think the Warriors can mix it up if they're willing to get rid of Wiggins. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. I say they need size, and they also need scoring. Someone was saying a good thing, which is why I thought Clay could still get paid a lot of money. They need a second score. And that's – Zach Levine doesn't fit their offense, but that is one reason why Zach Levine might be able to fit there because how I was saying, if you put Clay on – the 76ers next to Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, Clay is golden. You know, he only has to be the second best defender. They'll have someone else to be the defender. And then he has to be the third scorer. Right now, he's expected to be the second. Even when Draymond comes back, he's expected to be the second. Jordan Poole was the second. So, yeah, of course Clay is failing at being number two. 
He's just too old. All right. That was the NBA Trade Machine Pod. Thank you for tuning in. I ran long. I told you, I did too much research. I did way too much research. I ran long. But I hope you enjoy the NBA Trade Machine. Let me know. Like, subscribe, follow. Send me any deets. What was your favorite trade? What do you think is unrealistic? All right? Follow me at JD Farrell. Remember, this is a Modern Man Podcast with J.D. Farrell presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. I'll see you next Friday. Every Friday.